On this episode of Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures, we explore the history of manufactured pop. We talk about an influential sample from the 70s, and we discuss what is real with Millie Vanilli's Girl, You Know It's True. You're listening to Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures. Girl, You Know It's True by Millie Vanilli, a song and a band that is shrouded with controversy or controversy if you're nasty. A band that I think really got the the artist, the face of the band, I really think got the raw end of the deal through the whole Millie Vanilli lip sync uh, scandal. And it was particularly vicious. Yeah. And if we were to take a look back at how it all went down, there is a giant hypocrisy in the music industry, even the listening public. We got some apologizing to do. Yeah, we're coming in fired up. We're coming in hot on this one. We think Rob and Fav raw into the deal. We hope to do justice to Millie Vanilli today. like to thank our good friend Gabe for suggesting this song. Yeah, and you know what? It was something that I really never thought we would do a Millie Vanilli song just because of the whole lip syncing scandal. And I remember this happening back in 1990. So we would have been 13 years old at the time. You know, I didn't understand. Well, I understood that they weren't singing their songs, but uh, there's more to it than just them not singing their singing the songs, them just being the face of the band. There, there's a lot of stuff happening in the background. But like we said, Robin Fab took the fall for everything. Everyone else did really well. Yeah, and let's kind of talk a bit about the history. Why don't we start with Rob and Fab and work our way backwards and forwards through this? Yeah, so like kind of just zigzag yeah. through history. As we do in this podcast. We always work in a linear linear fashion, yeah. backwards and forwards. So Rob and Fab are models who also want to be pop singers living in Germany. I'm guessing Frankfurt? Uh, Munich, I think. Okay, guessed wrong, but uh, Munich makes sense. And, I mean, it's kind of rare for them in terms of being two young black males who are models trying to make it in there, where it's largely white sort of industry. Well, yeah, they met through the industry, through the modeling industry, right. and, and just had a, a kinship and a, and a commonality between them. Right. So, in a sense, they had each other's back. Yeah. Right? The, the, so, they were friends and also understood that, you know, there are challenges, especially then, as, as people of color in this industry. But it also is what made them unique, if I can say that. Yeah. They were trying to be pop stars and you could see one of the Eurovision videos where Rob Pilatus, who's one of them, was playing guitar in the as a backing vocalist and guitarist in the German entry and I think in 1987 or something like okay. that and it came in second place. Oh really? And when okay. you watch it it's um it's an open question whether he knows how to play guitar, I think. Oh, okay. And it's an open question if he knows how to sing either. But so, there is some sort of musical basic understanding there. There's definitely a will. They wanted to be singers. Yeah. They tried out for Frank Farian when he was seeking vocalists for this group he was creating. And Frank Farian didn't like their vocals and didn't think much of them, mm-hmm. but he loved their look. Yeah. And so that's why he signed them. But... When he signed them, it included this sort of deal that they would be lip-syncing the songs that were already put there. And they were trapped in this deal. So you sign the deal, and then, just like for any bands, 
you get this money forwarded to you. Yeah. And they spent it. They bought new clothes. They got hair extensions, famously. Yep. And they spent it on partying and living the rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah, and that's, well, the classic rock and roll trap, right? Right. And they're they're young at the time, early, early 20s, 20s, right? Yeah. So by the time they were kind of making their own demands where they wanted to start singing, because according to them, that was the deal that they would get to sing in a future album. Mm-hmm. He reneged, but also threatened them by saying, you'll have to pay up because you owe money. And so they said they were trapped. Yeah. And it's fair, they were trapped. And mm-hmm. so they're trapped in a lie. And they had to keep playing it out right to the end. Where in the end, I mean, they're the ones who get exposed by Farian in the end. Even though other people were making sort of claims, he would start paying people off. Yeah. But when he finally saw that things were going to crumble, he's the one who jumped forward and forced them to go to a news conference. In a sense, they had to go and defend themselves, where they were mocked, laughed at, picked on. Well, they became a joke. They became the joke. But Farian did just fine. He ended yeah. up producing more albums, doing the same shtick, making money. And in the end, Rob and Fab did a second album that I kind of like. Oh, okay. It only sold 2,000 copies. Oh, is that it? Yeah. But the video they produced for it, the opening single, is pretty hot. Oh, seriously? <laughs> like, I was like, whoa, I can't believe that this. a lot of money went into this. Yeah, yeah. Pretty steamy stuff. Oh, okay. I think they're fully naked at one point <laughs> on a spinning table. They're all covered up enough. It's yeah. the early 90s. Yeah. So, uh, but I think everyone's naked in it. They're just all covered up in the way that 1990s cover-ups were. Yeah, but yeah. I couldn't believe it only sold 2,000 copies, which was uh, sad. Yeah. And, and um, their voices. Well, I mean, they didn't sound horrible. And I feel like Fab, who's apparently the rapper in the uh, original version, yeah. actually is the one with the voice. Oh, okay. He sounds a bit like Eddie Murphy does. Oh, okay. And uh, My Baby Wants to Party All the Time. I was going to say, so, they, maybe they should have covered uh, covered Eddie Murphy. I think they could have. So, uh, of course, and if you follow the rest of the story, Rob, of course, passes away from a drug overdose in a hotel room in yeah, the late in 90s. Right? Yeah, he was 32 years old. Yeah, like, it's very sad. And then Fab actually has ended up making a decent enough career. He's focused on learning to sing, okay. and now he still sings. There is a um, you can watch videos on YouTube where he's coming out in concert and singing, and he sounds good. He sounds fine. That's fantastic. So, so it did work out all right for him in the end. There's a redemptive arc for there. for half of them. But yeah, the the Rob story is really sad, and Rob Palatis, just to put it out there, just for his own history. He's the son of a American serviceman, a military man, mm-hmm. and a stripper. And he ended okay. up being raised part of his life in an orphanage. Oh, okay. So these guys are, both of them are not coming out of wealth, and they didn't know what to do with it. So just to begin that way, I know it's a b- bit of a downer, but the truth is they got a raw deal, like yeah. you said. Frank Farian, this isn't the first time that he's done something like this, because he started out with Boney M, didn't he? That's right. I mean, he has his own, like, even longer history, but Boney M is the big thing. Yeah. And so he put out music, and he called it Boney M, but when it took off, he had to create a band, or at least he felt he had to create a band for it. So that's him singing in Rasputin and... Uh, uh, what are some of the other songs? <laughs> I don't even know. I, I just know Ra Ra Rasputin. Well, there's River well, of Babylon. And then there's also the uh, uh, Mary's Boy Child, the, oh, yeah. the, the Christmas song. Yeah. And there's more. There's lots more. Yeah. So f- forgive us, Boney M fans. I do like Boney M. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah, I really should have had a list of songs there. But as I saw them, I'm like, oh, I like that. I like that. And they were super fun. And mm-hmm. for Frank Farian, so this is a white guy who's singing in a style that you could call like black soul black caribbean soul yeah so he finds a bunch of people from aruba and jamaica to play the role and he, of himself and he, and he wants to take you aruba jamaica <laughs> okay. Ooh, okay. i wanted to right future song future episode <laughs> save it for that episode <laughs> so bobby Darrell, who was the guy who is pretending to be the vocalist for Boney M had to sign a deal where he signed away any sort of money he could make, all his rights. So he basically was almost penniless most of the rest of his life and died at 61. Actually died in Russia in the same city that Rasputin died on the same 
day of the year. Are you serious? Yeah. That's, that's yeah, no. It's strange. Okay, that that's way too way too odd to be a coincidence. Yeah. And so now you have Millie Vanilli where he's gathered a bunch of people to sing, finds two young black men, and then makes them sign a pact with the devil where you yeah. have this white guy who's controlling everything and then leaving these guys to take the blame. So there's this history of him taking advantage of people. Yeah. But this is also history in rock and roll, too. Yeah. So in the 60s, there was Phil Spector doing his thing. Yeah. And so there's a song by the Crystals called He's a Rebel. But he had Darlene Love sing that song. But he f- didn't think that her name was big enough. So he just said it was by the Crystals. Okay. It wasn't by the Crystals. It was by Darling Darlene Love. Love. But there's already a history of people doing this in the industry. So now he has to create a band called the Crystals. No, the Crystals or, or, already or existed. Or the Crystals existed at yeah, that point. And oh. they were shocked. They said, we never sang this song. But he just thought it would sell better. And it oh, did. Geez. So there's a history of this. And so when people are acting like, oh, this is horrible. How yeah. can we do this? Well, it, it, it's, been, it's been happening for well, years and years and years. Yeah. And even during this time... There is a band. Do you remember Black Box? Yes. Well, they had Martha Wash, who did the vocals, Mm -hmm. but they didn't give her credit. They had people lip-syncing her vocals because they felt she wasn't a good enough face to the song. She also did vocals on, oh man, there's so many songs that her vocals were put on. It might have been CNC Music Factory. That might. I, I think it was. Yeah. Okay. So it was CNC Music Factory as well. Now she's one of the two weather girls. Oh, is she? Oh, okay. So it's raining men. Yeah. That's Martha Wash. Oh. Okay. And so she was on all these dance house hits. And you know, I read something. The same thing was going on with the the band Snap with the Power. Exactly. And uh, actually, the, that's Martha Wash. Isn't no, it? Uh, it's a uh, Penny Ford. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the, the, the singer was Penny Ford, but they replaced her with a different artist for the video. Right. So then after the after everything uh, came out with the whole Millie Vanilli thing, they had to track down Ford to make sure she was both the face and the voice of Snap. Right. Technotronic, same deal. Yeah. That, that person in the video for Pump Up the Jam is not the singer. Yeah. So they had to, you know, they had their own little history of, of trying to make amends because of Millie Vanilli. Yeah. But Millie Vanilli still take the fall. Now, of course, they lip sunk everything. If that is, can I do past tense? Lip sync, lip sunk? Lip synced Lip synced Okay. Lip, li, that lip, sounds much better. Yeah, absolutely. Lip synced. They lip syncedicated. I will say this much. If the songs are good and the sounds are good, then all those awards are deserved. It doesn't yeah. matter that it wasn't Robin Fab. Whoever sang it deserves yeah. the award. And on top of it, giving awards, and what I'm talking about is the American Music Awards and the Grammy Awards. Mm-hmm. When you're giving, Which they had to give back. Yeah. When you're giving an award for Best New Artist, it also reveals the lie about who you would give the award to. Who's really behind the music? Is it the producer? Is it the artist? Is it a combo? It's clearly yeah. a combo. Yeah. But we have this lie that the singer is somehow in charge of everything. Like yeah. That can happen, but it's really a, it's a team effort on all these yeah. things. Read the liner notes of the latest CD that you bought and look at all the producers who are on the songs and the albums. What was the last, what was the last CD you bought? I was just going to ask you. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> It's probably a jazz CD at some gig Ashley was at. Yeah. <laughs> what was the one I actually bought? I can't remember the last CD I bought. I don't remember the last CD I bought. Yeah. It, no, it's okay. Yeah, okay. It was, it was oh, probably over a decade ago. Yeah, I know. I know I made mixed CDs. Yeah. I just want to put it out there. It just angers me that people suddenly felt the music didn't matter when they th- found that they were lip syncing, which means we don't want to see people we find unattractive singing. Yeah. So if they look like people who won't walk down the runway, then what does that tell you about the music? It tells you it's all baloney. It's hooey, I tell you, Frank. It's, it's all hooey. Watch the strong language here. <laughs> Sorry. But we, we talked about this uh, with the Air Supply episode. The, the guys from Air Supply just look like, you know, 
uncles. Right. And they could get away with it because it was 10 years earlier. Yeah. Or about 10 years earlier. And the music was fantastic. Right. But now with Millie Vanilli, if you go back and just listen to that album without their faces, mm-hmm. I mean, some songs hold up and some songs don't. Yeah. I, you're not a big fan of Blame It on the Rain, I'm aren't not, you? No, I'm not. I think the production's bad. People give it credit for being this great song. Yeah. It's not it's that not good. It's not that good. <laughs> But Girl, You Know It's True is very good, mm-hmm. and it works. And they only released five singles in America for this album. Yep. All five singles from this album were in the top five. Yeah. So Girl, You Know It's True reaches number two, mm-hmm. and it's kept out of number one by Roxette, The Look. Oh, okay. And there's another song that was big uh, from 89. I don't know if it's... Heaven is a Place on Earth or something like that. Oh, okay. But there's another song. It'll come to me later. Yep. It won't. It will ha- it after won't. we yeah. record. Yeah. But. Well, that's later. Yeah. It had bad, just had bad luck for placement. Mm-hmm. And then Baby Don't Forget My Number, which is super fun and super silly. Yeah. And sounds almost identical to Girl You Know It's True, reaches number one. Then Girl I'm Gonna Miss You. Yes. Which is terrible. I never will forget the day we met. Girl, Girl I'm gonna, gonna miss you. <laughs> All right, I so take it good. back. It is so good. <laughs> so that goes to number one as well, which should never have reached it. And then Blame It on the Rain goes to number one. Yeah. And then All or Nothing is like the fifth. They didn't even bother making a video for it. It heads to number four. Oh, wow. So I don't even remember that song. Yeah, it was, they just couldn't lose no and even when they had the the thing that happened in cincinnati where they were touring with mtv columbus i think it was was it columbus i think it was columbus okay let's find out that's the same it's the same state so you're you know you're halfway there mm-hmm. nope we were both wrong bristol connecticut okay connecticut <laughs> I there was that's a right there <laughs> so when they're in connecticut and they were singing one of these songs. I think it was Girl, You Know It's True. It might have been Baby, Don't Forget My Number. Either way, they sound the same. It got stuck in a loop. Yep. And so then it was revealed that they were lip syncing. And they have video of this, which is super rare because people didn't have even camcorders yeah, back I, then. I remember seeing the video and they run off stage, off. right? They had to be convinced to go back. And they were just like, it's over. Yeah. And then they sent them back up. Because you would think... With the amount of records that they had sold, that they would put a new CD in every single concert. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. They, well, they were four times platinum or yeah. seven times. Millions and millions. Yeah. Okay. Now, for all the credit we we're giving Fab and Rob in terms of, hey, they didn't deserve this and yeah. all this, they did have some ego issues. Yeah. I'm going to read you excerpts from the time magazine article okay where rob palatis talks about what millie vanilli means okay i'm i'm excited about this of course millie vanilli is voted worst album and worst band the 1989 critics picks poll through the rolling stones oh, they really? had haters oh, <laughs> oh wow. yeah no it wasn't lost on people so rob palatis said the following to time magazine are you're sitting down yes yeah. musically we are more talented than any Bob Dylan. Oh, wow. <laughs> Musically, we are more talented than Paul McCartney. Mick Jagger, his lines are not clear. He don't know how he should produce a sound. I'm the new modern rock and roll. I'm the new Elvis. Wow. So that's Rob Palatis. And then Fabrice Morvan fab Mm -hmm. who often didn't say much of anything yeah they asked him what the key to success was and his answer is rhythm you know man a few words man a few words but he had the better voice and i have to say that if you watch and you can on youtube you can watch that press conference where they admit that they lied Mm -hmm. fab says nothing oh rob does all the talking oh and it's sort of sad because rob is trying to justify things and it's it's tough yeah it didn't go well. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, like, they're not innocent in the whole thing, yeah. but they were definitely the scapegoats. That's well put. And it's just patently unfair. Yep. Yeah. So I have more I want to talk about. Do we want to talk about the song? And then I can come back to my philosophical... Well, let's, let's chat about the song a little bit. Okay, perfect. Well, it comes from another song 
Yeah, it's a cover. It's a cover, which yeah. I didn't realize. I'm just a love girl. This is true. Girl, I'm in love with you. So New Marks, who is like an indie band out of Maryland. Maryland, yeah. Where some of their members ended up doing quite well. One ended up producing a ton of big albums for, I think, Mary J. Blige and others. Oh, okay. Another ended up being the president of Def Jam Records. Yeah. So this is a group that has pedigree, even though they don't have a Wikipedia page. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> so, But there is an interview with them in, on Billboard from a few years ago. We'll yeah. put it in the show notes. There we go. They had Girl, You Know It's True, which was a minor hit, I think, in the Baltimore area, but actually did really well in Europe. It was Yeah, it was huge in Germany. And so Frank Farian thought it was great. Mm-hmm. And so he took the song, which is largely the same. It's, as, it's the same. It's just slower. And he added a couple things that made it just awesome. Are we talking about the orchestra hits? The orchestra hits. And this famous sample. Do you know it? Yeah, there's the the, the drum beat, which yeah. has been sampled a number of times. So Ashley's Roach clipped from the Soul Searchers. Yeah. Let me play it for you here. So that famous drum beat is used on several songs. Yeah. So I got a list of them here. So do I, actually. Oh, good. Paid in Full, Eric B. and Rakeem. Run's House by Run DMC. Yep. Hey Young World by Slick Rick. Oh, okay. And now the big one for me is next two. Set Adrift on, on Memory Bliss. PM Dawn, yes. And Unbelievable EMF. Yeah, that's right. They use it in a slightly different way, but... All of these use the Ashley's Roach Clip drum fill. Yeah. What amazes me is these bands, or not these bands, who, like, you go all the way back to Eric B. and Rakeem, who, if you watch the, uh, there's Netflix documentary uh, about hip-hop. Hip-hop evolution with Shad. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. And that you end up finding out that they would just go to record stores, grab records, and they would just sit and listen. Yeah. So you'd have to find the soul searchers. Mm-hmm. You'd have to go through all the songs. Yeah. And find this 10-second, 20-second portion. That's yeah. from 330 to 350 on vinyl. You're not hearing this on digital. You're mm-hmm. patiently waiting for the perfect sound. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. And should credit should be given, because it often wasn't in the 80s to us, the crap, crap stuff, and hip-hop isn't yeah, real yeah. because they weren't classically trained yeah. in all of this. And there's a whole history of people... Um, dismissing the music the music where it's like no this is all we have and we're gonna make music out of it it's incredible and so this gets done over and over again frank farian hears it he doesn't just do it once he does it on girl you know it's true baby don't forget my number and i think all or nothing has the same thing again and again and when you hear it it's like there's no way we would buy it anymore we're like wait a second that's the exact same song yeah oh yeah 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 but, of course, on today's albums, you could have 45 different producers going at something. So, yep. okay, so we talked about Ashley's Roach Clip. We talked about the orchestra hits, yep. which are incredible. And it, it just adds to the energy of the song. And the vocals are great. You got Charles Shaw, who does the rapping. He does the rapping. And yep. I think he was, like, in the military or something. He found a lot of American servicemen yes. in Germany. Yep. And then you have John Davis and... Brad Howell yes. doing the vocals. Yep. So it's two guys doing the vocals. I didn't realize this till you mentioned it. And I watched an Oprah Winfrey special on YouTube where they actually had all the different singers. And they were, I mean, it's just kind of recently, I think. So they yep. were doing the singing. It was pretty fun to see. Oh, okay. So you have all that going on. And now you have that special beginning. Oh, yes. 
<laughs> and here it is. So what are you doing back? Well, I sat back and thought about the things we used to do. It really meant a lot to me. You mean a lot to me. I really mean that much to you? Girl, you know it's true. So that Ashley's Roach clip just hits at that point. Yeah. And I think orchestra starts hitting as well too, yeah. right? And he doesn't hold back on an orchestra hit. I feel no, he's just no, there no, like, another, like another, another. More, more, more. It's like that uh, Saturday Night Live skit with the more cowbells. Like, nope, more orchestra hits. So when you hear this, and you hear the voice, and then you hear Rob Pilatus and Fab Morvan at the time, their German accents are so strong, there's no way either of them could have pulled off this vocal. Yeah. But we were all willfully ignorant. To be fair, you and I were 11 or 12 at the time. Yeah. And so I think ignorance wasn't so willful as just a fact of life. It was youthful ignorance. Now we head into the first verse, which is the rapping verse. Yep. This is like gateway entry into rap. Some may call it terrible, but I call it palatable. Well, yeah, it, it's pop rap. So the first part I can catch with the rap, but then I start losing it. I'll tell you when I lose it. So you got, <laughs> I'm in love with you, girl, because you're on my mind. You're the one I think about most every time. How can we read this without trying well, to know, do a rap? Without kind of like <laughs> doing the rhythmic hits on it yeah and when you pack a smile on everything you do don't you understand girl this love is true to make you all mine all mine is my desire and now this is where i get lost yeah because you contain equality you that i admire to put it plain and simple you rule my world so try to understand i'm in love girl (laughs) there are so many different lyrics on this this i'm on my second page which has different lyrics than what you just sang and the first page I was on also had different lyrics than what you just said. Oh, wow. What what, what uh, site are you on for this? Oh, I'm just on whatever Google's giving. I'm on Genius Lyrics. What they Okay, what did they give instead? It's a, I'm in love with you, blah, blah, blah. Uh, when you crack a smile in everything you do, don't you understand this love is true? Your soft, silky hand, long, sweet, and thin, that candlelight complexion upon your skin, which was very different from... The, is the, that in the song? I don't know. Okay, all right. Let's play it. Yeah. I'm in love with you, girl, cause you're on my mind. You're the one I think about most every time. And when you crack a smile and everything you do, don't you understand, girl, this love is true. You're so sick of hearing no sweet and thin. That's kind of like a person up on your skin. It lightens up my day, and that's also true. Together we are one, separated we are two. Okay, so heads into that pre-chorus. Is there much we need to talk about for understanding the nuances of what they're getting at in this song, Frank? I think he's in love with her. There's really not a huge sense in trying to dissect the lyrics. I mean... But we're doing that, Oh, yeah, right? we're going to okay. do that, okay, absolutely. Good, good. But it's pretty obvious what the song's about. And it's clear that your reading is right because he tells us, I'm in love, girl. Yeah. I'm so in love, girl. I'm just in love, girl. And this is true. <laughs> and, uh, girl, you know it's true. Ooh, 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 I love you. I'm in love, girl. I love this chorus. It's so uh, recognizable. Yeah. It's quite a hook. Uh, 
what I really love in the uh, in the pre-course is like, I'm in love, girl. I'm so in love, girl. But just like he says it so matter-of-factly in the first, like, I'm in love, girl. And then it's just like, I'm so in love, girl. <laughs> like he, he softens it up. He's just like, you know, baby, I'm in love with you. It's so great. It's so good. Does this work? I think it works. I think so. If you look like Rob or Fab, who might be the two of the best looking guys from the 1980s. Yeah. Well, they were models, right? Yeah. So they're not unattractive men. Yeah. You throw those dreadlocks. I and I it was shocking to me they were hair extensions. Yeah. I thought they were they're real hair. Oh, so did I. Yeah. So, so did I. <laughs> which means we could do the in living color <laughs> Millie Vanilli toolkit. Do <laughs> you remember that? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um they're just strikingly attractive. Yeah. And so I know I mocked people who didn't accept the song, but when you think of this song as being done by middle-aged normal looking dads yeah it and doesn't really work the same as these two adonises yeah and and that was the frank varian's thing is just like they're either too old or too ugly to put on an album cover so i was like i had to find someone for it i mean i mean and imagine these two guys come in and they might not be singing great but they look good yeah well and the look too like let, let's talk a little bit about their look because it was the extensions the braided extensions the huge shouldered blazers and then just tights like biker shorts biker shorts yeah <laughs> and by biker we don't mean like in a gang we mean like going for a bike ride yeah exactly like three-quarter length tights i like to think that they had fanny packs on too but yeah that's absolutely. not the case yeah <laughs> but their their look i mean you can't oh, it was separate so 80s. it and this is it's mtv generation so you can't separate the music from the look yes but had they been drawn as cartoons, everything would, would be fine. Yeah. And ironically, the look is the song that kept this song out of number one. Well done. Yeah. Or is that fittingly? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's not a black fly in my Chardonnay, so I don't know if it's irony or not. Yeah. All right. So next up is, well, we don't know what your lyrics will say, but I'll go through mine. This is some sort of thing, girl, I can't explain. My emotion starts up when I hear your name. Maybe your sweet, sweet voice was ringing my ears. Stimulates my senses, girl, when you are near. Now what you wear, I don't care how you fussin' before. The reason that I like you, girl, is for what you are. If I said I'd think about it, you rule my world, so try to understand. Yeah, my mine went completely off the rails so again. Give, give me your uh, version. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe your sweet, sweet voice would ring in my ear. Then delay my system, girl, when you are near. Come with your positive emotion, love, making, enjoying. For me to bust, it's like a girl and a boy. These feelings I get, I often wonder why. So I thought I might discuss this, girl, just you and I. I feel like the girl and the boy came up. I, uh, let, let's hear this. Let's look deeply at this for its deeper meanings. This is some sort of thing, girl, I can't explain. So he can't... Ex I love songs where they say, can't explain, and then they go and explain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he's got emotions or take over when he hears his name, and he's trying to figure it out. Is it the sweet, sweet voice that stimulates his senses? And then he says, it's not what she's wearing because he doesn't care. The reason that he likes you is for what she is. Not what she wears. Not what she wears. Okay, so he's not a superficial man. No, but then he says that if I said, if, subjunctive, if I may go there, if I said, if. I'd think about it, whatever that means. If I said I'd think about it, if I thought about it, I guess he's saying, yeah. you rule my world. So try to understand. I'm in love, girl. I'm so in love, girl. I'm just in love, girl. And in case you're wondering, this is true. <laughs> I love this. 
And then we get the rest of those verses. And yeah. it is the best. Oh, yeah. Girl, you know, it's true. is a great song. It's a happy, fun song. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just about a dude that loves a girl. Yeah. And I don't care who sings it. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. And they took a song that already has all the elements to it. They just punched it up enough to make it awesome. Yeah. Now, Baby Don't Forget My Number is fun. Yeah. Dumb, but fun. Oh, yeah. But so is most things. Girl, I'm going to miss you. I try to make fun of it, and then I realized we, we just sang along to it. And then I could say Blame It on the Rain, but then if you played it, i just sing the whole entire thing. Well, yeah, I, I would sing it too. I mean, it doesn't mean it's good. Yeah, and I wouldn't sing All or Nothing because I got this one as a grade six. It's a little too sexual for my liking yeah. at that so age. did you buy the tape? Oh, yeah, I own the tape. I did still you? have the tape. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it was called... Girl, You Know It's True, instead of All or Nothing, which was the actual European release. Oh, okay. And it was Clive Davis who signed them and then demanded they do certain things. And Blame It on yeah. the Rain was a demand. Oh, okay. So it wasn't on the European release. Here's a Diane Warren song. They put Blame It on the Rain on the album. Oh, okay. It goes to number one. I know this isn't Girl, You Know It's True, but I just want to put this out there. That Blame It on the Rain takes When I See You Smile off the perch. Oh, no. That's such a good song. Do you know who wrote When I See You Smile? Diane Warren. Yeah. She topped herself. Yeah. We, we did When I See You Smile. I know. <laughs> I'm just testing you. A lot of episodes we've done so I far. I know, right? So, anyways, this is better than Blaming on the Rain. Yeah. It's just super fun. And this is still a good song. Yeah. I remember when um, when the whole scandal, and if you're watching the video of this uh, podcast, you can see me doing air quotes right now, when the whole scandal blew up. There's a friend of mine in elementary school, he comes to school and, you know, it's all the talk because, you know, it's pop culture and everything. And uh, just like, did you hear Milli Vanilli um, lip sync? And was, I just bought that tape last week. <laughs> oh, no. Did I you buy the tape? Out. No, I didn't have okay. the tape. <laughs> I, I, I think my sister may have. I don't remember 100% though, because I, I remember she was huge into it. Uh, it was awesome. In, oh, yeah. Tape's great. No, actually... Tape is okay. The problem with the tape is Baby Don't Forget My Number was like one of those remixes. Oh, and it was okay. slowed down and changed. It was so offensive to me because <laughs> I loved Baby Don't Forget My Number. Yeah. Probably because it was the first one that went to number one. And it's fun. And the video has this whole entire narrative of him finding the girl and getting her back. Because I was watching the video and it's them chasing down this uh, piece of paper. The piece of paper around the city, right? <laughs> That's right. You know, you think that maybe if they played the tape at the concerts instead of the CDs, it wouldn't have skipped. Exactly. They'd probably still be making albums today. You got that. We'd be all in wondering how they're able to mask that accent. Yeah. Well, I guess when you hear people at a UK sing, like, oh, it's amazing they sing without a UK accent yeah. until you realize that no, 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 it's us who sing with UK accents to try to emulate them. Yeah. <laughs> or some sort of weird yeah. feedback loop. Girl, you know it's true is awesome. I'm going to say yes. it again. I can't say it enough. I also want to say the following things. What is real? Oh, geez. This is when we're philosophizing? Yeah. So here's the thing. In our contemporary times, for the last 20 years or so, auto-tune has been used to correct pitch, to correct I things. I was thinking the exact same thing yeah. today. So we already have this going on. You got American Idol where they're producing singers, but they have to be in a certain image. Mm -hmm. And then we have boy bands created where I'm sure their vocals are punched up. There's always like, there's a group of five, but only two actually sing. Yeah. And we're buying into this baloney, this hooey. I got to say it again. Watch the language. Okay. So... All of this feeds into a culture of sort of imaginary pop music yeah. that we're already in. And Millie Vanilli gets sacrificed only to see 30 years later that we're already there, which is fair enough because now Fab can show up at a concert full of 30,000 people and sing Girl, You Know It's True, and everyone goes nuts. They yeah. get it. I think there's the irony that they like too. Mm-hmm. But if the song is good, then reward the song. If the song is bad, don't reward it. But we yeah. reward a look. You can't just have a great voice. And Madonna has a great voice. Madonna's great. But it's also, she knows she has to have this look. And she it did has that to have back that then. image, right? Yeah. And this is where it's cruel. And there's other great bands out there who didn't have the look. Mm -hmm. And if they're not sex symbols, they're not going to make it. Yeah. And this is... 
I'm sorry. This is Huey. Baloney. Not, yeah. Not Huey and the Blowfish. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go to a major music concert, the Super Bowl, the uh, any sort of award show or anything like that. Everyone lip syncs now. Yeah. And any sort of, if they're on any sort of TV program or whatever, it's all a lip sync or it's all boosted with a booster track and everything. Yeah. And they're singing along to it. Like nothing's live really anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly feels that way. Yeah. Are we in the Matrix right now? <laughs> we might be in the Matrix. We might be. What's your favorite part of the song? Oh, easily in the in that pre-chorus, and I say just like, "I'm in love, girl. I'm so in love, girl." It's that that second where he's just it's matter of fact, and then it's just like you know, I'm soft and emotive here. It's like yeah. I'm so in love, girl. My favorite part, although of course the orchestra hits, I'm always yep. gonna love, but I just take them for granted. It's that second verse where he says, "Now what you wear, I don't care how you fussing before." Just the <laughs> The sort of flow. And yeah. I know somebody who really loves rap out there is like, please don't say flow when you're referring to this song, but I'm going to say it. Categories? Categories. I got one for you. Ready? All right. Now, Michael Bolton, when he sings this song, he's going to do the Rob part. Okay. Who should do the fab part? Fab did the... Rapping. The rapping. Oh. I'm going to give you one. Okay. Bobby Brown. Okay. Bobby Brown, Michael Bolton. Now, who else could do the rapping? Oh. Um, and we're talking like... Anytime, actually. Oh, uh, anytime. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with late 80s. Okay. So I'm thinking pop rapping. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, that's a that's a really tough one. Uh, only just because I, I mentioned it previously is like... I'll put Young MC up there. I think it's good. With I the, like Young MC jumping in there. Yeah. That's good with Michael Bolton. How bad would it be if Ed Robertson does the rap and Stephen Page does the singing? <laughs> <laughs> Bare naked ladies, girl, you know it's true. When they come back together when they're no longer fighting. Oh, I would... Is that the worst thing you can imagine? I would pay money to hate that so much live. <laughs> that was... That just, I can't, I just came with that. That is up so now. fantastic. Yeah. That would be one of those defining moments. Just like, what was the worst experience of your life? It's like, I'll tell you what the worst experience of my life was. I was going to say Hallmark music video, but just by saying that, I usually say Hallmark movie, but I'm thinking music video. But we already have the Hallmark music video. It is a music video. Yeah. We need to talk about that music video. Yeah, a bit. Yeah. Because it opens with a sort of granular is that the word we can use yeah. for the film where it's a story of fab and his girlfriend and they have this fight kind of it looks like they're living in a hotel room yeah i can't figure out what's going on there but they have kind of a fight kind of not a fight and he's trying to chase her with rob because they all hang out together at one point and he's got gets the wrong girl who's with a different guy and he's kind of mad at the guy but that's only really the background to the better part which is them singing in non-granular film and doing their dance oh their their dancing is fantastic so they got that scene where they move their hands oh, up in the, the air. Ooh, yeah ooh, i love you and it's it's almost like the staying um, alive staying alive sequence. yeah yeah and it is great when the hands go up one goes up one goes down and they're able to do that twice yeah then they also jump up and bash their chest together and then they do some running on the spot i yeah. think if I got that right. Yeah, and, and that happens in the baby don't forget my yeah. number or they just the <laughs> it, the focus on the feet, the it's fast incredible. Feet. And then you have the background band pretending to play Ashley's Roach clip. Yes. Which I love and so um there's some articles about this where they talk about them pretending to play Ashley's Roach clip and if you watch close enough, they're nowhere near 
hitting all these music yeah. notes. So the video itself is so good. There's no need for a Hallmark movie. We already have it. Oh, we have it, this fantastic yeah, video. Because they you, get back together at the end. Yeah, I just watched that on repeat for two hours. Well, that's insane. Yeah. It's so good. And they do their classic uh, move where they, they kind of run at each other, jump in the air and bump chests. Yeah. I was going to ask if you would do this at karaoke, which is a fair question. I can't do the rap part. No. I've established that I can't rap. Is it fair to say the other guy couldn't do the rap part either? Ooh. Would you lip sync to this? (laughs) At karaoke? Well, then I'd just be lip syncing to dead air because... Is it it postmodern to lip sync a lip sync song? I think it's post-postmodern. I think it's... uh, What's the term? It's it's a simulacrum. Sure. We can all invent words. (laughs) All right. You got a mixtape for me? I have a mixtape. So my mixtape is songs from manufactured bands. So I'm going to start with the Daydream Believer by the Monkees. Very good. And then Stop by the Spice Girls. Yeah. Hanging Tough by New Kids on the Block. Bringing a little bit of different energy here with Don't Ya by the Pussycat Dolls. <laughs> nice. And then we finish it all off with Bring It All Back by S Club 7. Well done. Okay. Excellent choices. I have bands that may have phony singers involved in some way or Frank Farian's involved in some way. Okay. Where Do You Go by No Mercy. Do you remember that one? Vaguely, yes. La Bouche is a singer. I had to choose between two songs. I went with Sweet Dreams. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked that because Frank Farian also produced that. Yeah. After Millie Vinley. After yeah. CNC Music Factory where you have Martha Walsh giving the everybody dance now. Yeah. So now we're on Martha Walsh time. Okay. And then I have Strike It Up by Black Box. Yes. Featuring Martha Walsh again. And then I have The Power by Snap. Mm-hmm. And then Pump Up the Jam, Technotronic. Nice. Nice. Those are all amazing. I think I owned all of those yeah. uh, tapes or CDs back in the day. And it's all made up. But it's yeah. not made up. Those are all people actually singing, Yeah, not being auto-tuned. I bought it for the music. I didn't buy it for the looks. And even if the looks are in your head, the songs are what we hear. Yeah. I know we brought this up already, but Robin Fab did an album afterwards. I didn't post the video. I think I might have already said it, but it was kind of interesting. I think they could have made it because in their follow-up album where it's their voices, it's actually just seems to me fab's voice mm-hmm. not rob's because because millie vanilli had a second album but it they was did. but the it was real millie real yeah millie it's called the real millie yeah. vanilli and it just the song wasn't too inspired anyways no the production i mean frank farian's production isn't that strong if you listen to blame it on the rain on its own it's not that good no no, no definitely no. not not as good as when i see you smile yeah and no, then no, people no. give a lot of grief to bad english but that's an awesome song oh that's a, such a good song that's why i slow dance to it when fab sings on that album he's not auto-tuned yeah he's not the greatest but he's not he's the passable. worst he's not the worst yeah. and there's a lot of horrible things out there he tries really hard i listened to the album i know it's typical of me to actually listen to the entire album which yeah. i did last night i was folding laundry I didn't turn it off. I kind of liked it. I can read your mind. So what's the mental girl? Oh, girl. So that album came out like just a couple of years after all this yeah. sort of stuff happened. So Millie Vanilli's All or Nothing in Europe, or Girlie Knows True, recorded in 88, released 89. Here in America, released yeah. 88 in Europe. And then 1993, Rob and Fab have an album. I think just before that, the real Millie Vanilli come out as well. Yeah. Rob and Fab only sell about 2,000 copies. Had I known and had I not been so headstrong, it could have been 2001. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Odyssey. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. By then, You're we going were... full Kubrick here. I know. And by then, 1993, we're, what, in grade we're 10? 16. Oh, yeah. Forget that. We're just so lost. 
in our own sort of ways, but we're coming back around because guilt-free pleasures is only about 20 years away. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Actually, it's more like 30 years away, but never mind yeah. that. I think you play Girl You Know It's True at a wedding is going to kill. Oh, yeah. Now it's funny to people. There's a tragic element, but it's funny. Because it's going to bring out the the aunt and uncle crowd. Yeah. And in the end, you're allowed to enjoy this again. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to bring this up again. What is real? And let me tell you what is real. Your love for the music you grew up with is real. Your love for the things that came through on the TV, whether it was much music or MTV or whatever it was you were listening to, is real. Enjoy your music. Don't let the haters tell you what to hate. You love what you love. Dear listeners, you know it's true. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We love you and the music. Thanks for listening to Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures. And so I think ignorance wasn't so willful as just a fact of life. It was... It, share it was a lot of life. Youthful ignorance. You remember the facts of life theme song? Yeah. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them all, and there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. When you hear it from your mother, better give it to another. Facts better get life. it right. Oh, okay. Call her late at night. I only know the first. Oh, well, the future's in the palm of your hand. <laughs> well, you got to me to get you through is understand. You think you got to do without. You'll never make it through without the truth. The facts of life are all about learning the facts. You learning the facts of life. Learning the, learning the facts of life. This is the podcast where we just sing 80 sitcoms theme songs yeah. to you.